As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022, two weeks after our last episode, because that is how long it took us to watch Avatar 2, Way of the Water. This is a long, long movie tie. The Way of Water. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Already got one of the names involved in this movie incorrect. <laughs> that is going to be the first of many. In reality, we are coming at you uh, after an off week because it is, is tis the season not for the holidays, but to get sick and not be able to do a podcast. I had to do it about a month ago, yeah. Um, and now it was Tyler's turn who took a nap, didn't even a, text you, got a text message. Hey, what's what's going on with the yeah. podcast? Like an hour and a half after we usually start the podcast. <laughs> Hand up, my bad. We're back this week though. Um, we are going to record our Pinocchio review. It will go up at a later date, um, probably close to Oscar season or something, because it'll probably get some buzz. But we will have a Pinocchio review. Um, in the vault for you. We're actually getting ahead. But today we are reviewing Avatar, The Way of Water, the sequel to the 2009 James Cameron uh, top grossing film of all time. Yeah. Uh, the second of, I think, nine of them that he said he's going to make, however many fucking <laughs> James Cameron makes. Um, and as someone who hasn't seen the first and still hasn't seen the first after this film, you know, I think it's an interesting perspective, maybe compared to you who's seen the first, but I don't know, might not remember it. Not very much. Um, it's, a, it's a polarizing movie. We'll see, I'm excited to talk about it, Ty. Let's just put it that way. Let's get into it. of the time, it works every time. John Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. I don't feel so good. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what he previously started, Jake must work with Neytiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home. Neytiri. Natiri. That's Natiri. Zoe Saldana, who looks nothing like Zoe Saldana. No. Yeah. She's in the first one, bro. No, no, no I know her. that. I know that's her. I didn't think that was oh. who he was working with. He has to work with her. He doesn't have to work with her. He has to work with, and let me get this right here, Tonowari. Tonowari. Mm-hmm. And Moat is Moat the other one? I don't know. We're gonna say yeah. We're gonna go Moat. I don't right. know. There was a lot of fucking hard to pronounce names in this, <laughs> and like I honestly, I lost count. The only one that I think I possibly knew was. I thought it was Kitty to go with Spider. It was Kiri, mm-hmm. not Kitty. Spider yeah. was an actual name, though. Yes, it was. Just Spider. 
<laughs> which I respect. That one was that one was easy. Like everyone had tribal names and everything except for the one outsider who they just still named something weird but pronounceable. Yes. Um so I did some research. Um your laptop good? No, I'm g- I can't hear myself in the headphones. I just want to make sure our levels are good here. You're fine. I got I got our levels checked all the time. I'll take the headphones off, Jay. Okay. Um So I did some research having not seen the first Avatar. Um you know, did some research on the film and then also did some research um, about James Cameron because I was like, I was just interested in the man behind the uh, the masterpiece that is Avatar 2. I don't know if I call it a masterpiece. We'll, we'll get there at the end. Um, and I looked at his filmography and it was a lot shorter than I thought it would be. And um, the guy just doesn't really miss. Yeah, it's if he's just, making a movie, it's going to be a good movie. Um, now, whether or not those movies are like actually good, it, I don't know. It's, it's, he, he makes big movies and like yeah. I don't know how. But this, like, because, like, I think about it in, like, hindsight. Hindsight? Yeah. And I'm like, how do these movies do so well? So he had he had a bunch of, like, movies from the 80s. He had Piranha 2, which I haven't seen. I don't know if that was a big movie. But he did The Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which is obviously very big. He did Aliens in 1986, um, which I think is the, uh, yeah, that's the sequel to Alien. And he also did The Abyss, which I haven't heard of or seen. But, oh, he also did True Lies in 1994, um, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. But then he goes... And three years later, he does Titanic, and it gross. It becomes the top-grossing film of all time. And then he takes a 12-year break. He did not do anything between Titanic and Avatar. And then he just pops out Avatar, and it becomes the top-grossing film of all time, surpassed by um, Endgame, only to resurpass it in an uh, Asian re-release. Um, petty, but, I mean, it's kind of just Disney fighting with itself at this point since it's 20th century. Um, <laughs> and then he goes, takes another 13 years off. And releases Avatar The Way of Water. Now, obviously, the jury is still out on the box office numbers. Um, I know it was a little misleading, I saw. Not misleading, but underwhelming, um, the opening gross. But, I mean, it's grossed uh, $550 million globally already. Um, and this was of 10 hours ago. So, it's going to hit a bill, at least. Um, and I just don't understand. Does this guy have, like, a time machine? He just knows what people are going to, like, come go and see? Like... I live by the movie theater. I drove by it every day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I went and saw it on Sunday, Sunday night. Every single day it was packed. Yeah. Packed. I didn't realize this many people cared about Avatar. I got a call from my grandma Coco, who the last movie I saw in theaters with her was Cars 2, that masterpiece that is Cars 2. Oh, shit. And she was like, I want to go see Avatar. We should go see it before I fly out to Dallas. Now, our schedules didn't um, line up, and she said she wanted to see it when she came back with me and Riley. I might have to watch this movie again in theaters, which I might, you know isn't the most exciting thing because how long it is, but <laughs> like people care about this movie, man. They care about the movies he makes and he makes a shit ton of money. And like, I just don't get it. Yeah. I, he, he's gonna, he's gonna make a box office hit. There's one thing he's going to do is bring in some fucking cheddar. And it's crazy. Cause I was reading up on him and like, I was reading like the Titanic. He had to wait to do it. Um, because he didn't have the technology and then Avatar, he started riding after Titanic in, like, 1999 is when he started riding it and had to wait because he didn't have the ty- the, the technology. Like, this guy just is an innovator, yeah. I guess. Um, and a question I was asking Riley, just on a little bit of a tirade here, do you think Titanic was, like, a well-known big thing before the movie? Or do you think the movie, like, popularized it? Like, obviously, we weren't even born yet, or we were babies. If I don't 1999, I think, 97. So we weren't even yeah. born yet. Like, in 1992, did my parents know what the Titanic was? You know what I mean? I, As someone born after the movie Titanic was released, I have no I have no idea what the world was like <laughs> pre-James Cameron Titanic. <laughs> um, 
I who, like right now. Do you think if you asked your sister what the Hindenburg was, do you think she would be able to answer that? No idea. Probably not. That's the um it's the blimp. Balloon, the blimp. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. Balloon that exploded. Yeah. Which like you know super big blimp exploded. Do you think if James Cameron makes Hindenburg, and then makes like a love story of people who exploded on a fucking blimp, is that super popular? I don't know. Yeah, that's. Titanic was the first movie to gross a uh, billion ever, and it did 1.84 billion. That's fucking crazy. It almost hit two. Um, and then, like I mentioned, Avatar, he wrote, and then he had to wait for the technology. And same with this. He kept saying he needed the technology. Now, I'm guessing it was all the underwater scenes and stuff is what it, he was waiting underwater for. Underwater filming, and I think CGIing underwater a lot of shit, but I know they also did very, like, I imagine it was filming underwater with, like, the scenery and shit being CG. Because they did very practical underwater filming. Did they? Yeah, they they said that they would be underwater for like twenty minutes at a time, and like would shoot scenes, and then someone would come over with oxygen, and then they would reshoot scenes, and they had like a special Jeez. sound system how he could communicate with them while they were underwater. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I the guy he does crazy shit, and even for Avatar, like waiting until two thousand nine to like quote unquote have the technology. If there's one reason for you to watch that film. Mm-hmm. It's how fucking incredible it looks by today's standards, let alone 2009 standards. Yeah, it's incredible. He was an innovator for fucking like live action CGI and, and what it could be. Man, I got to like the wiki. If you just want to read something, dive into the wiki on fucking Avatar 2, man. I mean, he said in, in 2012, he was writing sequels. They all have separate stories. They... They are separate stories that have an overall arc inclusive of the first film, with the second having a clear conclusion instead of a cliffhanger. I would kind of disagree with that. You kind of very much left it at a cliffhanger, I would argue, or at least set it up for a future movie. Um, yeah. He also writ a full sequel titled, uh, where did it go? Avatar The High Ground, a 130-page treatment, and then threw it out because he said, quote, it didn't go enough into the unexpected. Damn which is one of the critical elements about sequels, according to Cameron. Okay. I respect it. Does point, he have a title for three yet? I'm not sure. I know they finished filming already, though. Yeah. Um, I think it's coming out in two years. At one point, he threatened to fire his writers because they would only focus on the new stories rather than first figuring out what made the original movie a success. Wow. Look at this guy. The writing for all four sequels was complete. <laughs> That's crazy. For um, all four? For sequels, as in Avatar Five, yeah, he's it's got he's got it planned out for however many. Well, I, I know think he's that, got it planned out for five. I thought he was kind of like uh, what's that the Game of Thrones dude who's like, no, I know where it's going, but then could take another ten years to release the actual book. Four, five, and six. That's wild. No, he did the opposite. I think he's written the whole thing, and just didn't say anything about it until he sold all of them and has now filmed three follow ups. Yeah. <laughs> to a 15-year-old film. Now, have you did you where did you see this tie? Did you see this in our beautiful Civic Plaza? Uh I I really wanted to see it in IMAX, but I didn't. I ended up seeing it at Jess Ranch. Oh, so you at least took a step up from Civic 12 I, Plaza. I wasn't going to fucking Civic Plaza. That's where I went. You weren't going to You didn't get to see it in IMAX? No. We I wanted to go in Vegas when we went to Vegas for a day last week, but we were Christmas shopping and everything, so we didn't have time, but I just saw it at Civic. If if this was an hour like thirty movie, I would have gone and like watched it a second time in IMAX. <laughs> Go and just watch like the first half or second half. Second half would probably be better to watch. 
just like book like a I get off work at five so do like a five o'clock showing and then just scoot on over to close and whenever I get there to watch the conclusion in IMAX. Maybe you can get a discounted ticket. Just don't even book a ticket ahead of time. Just go on like a Wednesday when it's already halfway through the showing and be like, hey. You got any availabilities? Like, yeah. <laughs> give you a couple or bucks. Or just buy a, buy a different ticket and sneak in. I, I probably could pull that off. <laughs> um, do you want to get into the scale, Ty? Uh, before we do, Avatar The Way of Water, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, 93% audience score. So that's where we're sitting. And it's already getting Oscar buzz, of course. Hmm. Big, yeah. Duh. For all the visuals and whatnot. Do you want to jump into the scale, though? Are you ready for this? Let's do it. <clears throat> all right. I think this is an interesting movie to talk about. I'm excited to talk about it, and I feel like we could have some varying opinions here. Okay. But I, then again, I don't know. I always say that, and then we'll be like two points off. Yeah. We're usually pretty similar. Now, this is a long fucking movie. Three hours and repeat it back to me. I'm actually pulling minutes. Up. Twelve. Twelve minutes. Three hours and twelve minutes. Quite a film. Now, when I think about the plot slash story and I think about the length of the film and I'm like, it, it's it's a monster to get through. It's a lot. It felt like three hours in the film. But then I was like thinking back and there was like, at first, my first initial reaction, of course, I always do my initial scale and then I tweak it. My initial reaction was like, there was a lot of just unnecessary things in this film that could have got trimmed, blah, blah, blah. But then I really went back and I thought about it and I thought about like kind of the overall message they were trying to you know, not message, but the overall kind of story they were trying to tell, the family dynamic. I think, um, personally, I know the main character is uh, Jake, whatever, Soli. Jake Soli. Um, I would argue the main character of this is the middle son. I don't remember his name. I feel like the story is almost told – you almost get told his story through this. Obviously, there's other parts of it. You know, there's the, the daughter who's connecting with that tree. They're obviously setting something up for her to have a bigger – impact with who her father is and all that and there's other stuff you know there's spider and his dynamic with his now avatar not dad but kind of dad um but i oh thought the God. main kind of character development and om almost story was kind of centered around that middle son um and then i thought about some of the scenes they included that i thought were wasteful at the time like first watch like when he meets the fucking whale thing i don't remember what they were called um and he becomes <laughs> friends with it and like those kind of scenes like at first i was yeah. like why are we doing this but then when you think about it in that lens, I was like, okay, that actually makes sense. Um, and I feel like my plot slash story um, score is a little bit tied into the character stores score as well. Um, but I'll just tell you now, I gave it a 14. Okay. Um, so, very long movie. Yes. I'll be honest, I didn't really feel it. Really? I, I felt it. I, I went in, I was, uh, for not really being a fan of the first one, and obviously I'm a Marvel snob um and i couldn't wait for their record to be broken by endgame um i was excited for this one and i went into it excited and i it just kind of flowed for me the story worked in the way that it it, it was long and it expanded on things similar to how i feel like a tv series kind of does to where it doesn't rush through things like movie yeah. like it took its time to build the dynamics and did what it wanted to do and obviously this coming out you know what is it 12 13 years quick math um, after the original, like the beginning, you get a lot of stuff back with the forest setting and kind of where they came from, mm -hmm. which, you know, and they're fighting this war and they raid the fucking train and everything. And then they just abandon that. And, and I feel like yeah. that is kind of like a reintroduction back into this world where they started before they leave it and go to this entire different area yeah. um, and tell this new story. That works for me. And then when you jump back in and you have the returning villain and like you said, the connection 
fully agree that the son is the main character. Yeah. Um, that you get most of it through the, his lens and his connections through people. And it's it very much was a passing of the torch from, like, Zoe Saldana's fucking main, main character in the first one. Mm-hmm. I feel like she really wasn't even in this one very much. Yeah, yeah. Like, she just kind of showed up and shot a couple of arrows, and that was she, it. But another thing, they're setting up more stuff. She went sicko mode there at the end, and she threatened to kill Spider. Like, Spider's going to turn did. on them. She did and oh I at the beginning she was like, ah, I should be with his own kind. Like she don't fuck with Spider. Yeah. There's, There's gonna be a turn. Spoiler alert, obviously. Spider saves the villain. Spider's gonna turn on her. Hmm. They're obviously setting this up to be James Cameron is to be have like it like number two told its story, but they're it also seems like they're still having a bigger overall story that they're oh, almost for like sure. a book. It's almost sure. like a book. Yeah. James Cameron pretty much wrote a fucking book for this, so <laughs> Can you imagine how big the fucking script was for a three hour plus movie? Well, I told um, you, you wrote a 130-page treatment and threw it away. You didn't even give a fuck about that. <laughs> so, I, I, for everything, it worked for me in the way it all lined up, the climax, the emotions, the the connecting with the, the nature and learning the the new people's kind of way and shit. You have mm-hmm. a 16. Oh. Um, I, I think, honestly, the two-point difference for me is the story flowing and it not feeling that well, long to me. I also think, uh, I think, not my biggest gripe, but I think my... I don't want to call it a gripe. And I guess, like, kind of if you think about Marvel movies in this way, you're kind of running into the same thing also. But, like, it had these these themes and kind of stories in the family dynamic they were talking about. Like, you know, it was th- that story being told. But kind of the antagonist just felt a little lazy. Like, yeah. let's just take the guy from the first one and put him in an Avatar body, and all he's doing is hunting um, Jake Sully for, like, no reason. Well, for sure. He has a reason, obviously. But – you get a little bit more in depth with him in the sun and that's why they didn't kill him. And I think they will tell a more nuanced story in the grand scheme of it. But I think for this individual film, it kind of just felt like a, Hey, we want to introduce a new area, like explore Pandora. We want to dive into these family dynamics because the family didn't like exist in the first one. Right. It was just Jake and yeah. Neutri. None whatever. of the kids were maybe conceived um, at the end or something. They may um, well like didn't show up on screen. They may have been fucking, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't see any of the children. Um, so I think they wanted to explore the family dynamics. They wanted to set something up more long-term. They wanted to tell the story about the middle son and all that stuff. And I don't know if, like, the Star Wars movies, if there's one of them that might suffer from this. But it also felt like, okay, we want to do all these things. But we also still want to have a traditional antagonist and have there be some sort of climax. So let's kind of do this for now, knowing it might get better or overall might be a better story, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't, is there yeah. a Star Wars movie where it's like they're setting up the bigger trilogy, but there's like a villain in one of the in between movies, part two or part five or part eight, where it's like, okay, this was obviously thrown in there just because we needed a bad guy. Like, is there? I'm asking you. I haven't seen the Star Wars movies. I don't. Seventy nine. Not that I can think of. Like Darth Maul, is he just like a throw in? <laughs> he's well, he's maybe, but he's kind of like he's on a mission. I, that's honestly probably the best comp. Because, like, that's all – first movie is very political and shit, and there's a lot of shit going on, and then it's like, hey, I'm here to kill you. <laughs> um, fucking love it, though. We want a badass with two lightsabers yeah. or double-edged double lightsaber. Fucking works great. <clears throat> that would be the best comp, probably, to that. Um, they should do a Darth Maul series. That'd probably do well. Just like him, just being, like, an anti-hero. Maybe they can just dive into no, his origins. They've, they've done a lot of shit with him. Oh, really? He survives one. Spoiler alert. Oh. What is he else is he in then? Uh, like animated and and other shit. What That's if they technically did, canon? 
What if they? I don't. They obviously people write books about this shit. But what yeah. if they did a Darth Maul origin story, and you could just do the the classic fucking Star Wars where he started as a good guy, and then he went to the evil. No, that's not. Nah, dog. Is he a person? Why is he red? Yeah, uh, he's an alien. Jay, forget oh. it's outer space. <laughs> <laughs> Why are the Avatar people blue? <laughs> exactly. No, I I think my biggest pushback on that, um, your point with Avatar is just that. I think the overarching quote unquote villain of it is colonization rather than that one person. And they use that one person as the embodiment of that ideology for these people. How many times are we going to do colonization as the enemy? Um, you know, twice. <laughs> I don't know what three has in store. I think they use that as the overall plot to force them into a new surrounding. I think the main story is more of the relationships and, everything else going on yeah, ver- rather saying. than good yeah. versus evil. But, so, like, I, I don't... But I like that, but I also felt like they still, like, kind of forced in the good versus evil, which I guess you kind of have to because it's a fucking movie. But I'd almost yeah. respect it more if they didn't do, like, just the traditional... It would be boring as shit. It would. It, <laughs> it would be so bad. You wouldn't have the, the climax, but... I, I think they know. did enough with him, with the son, and, and that kind of You know what I would have done? Turn the middle son evil. That's always the, the wow. answer. Wow. Yeah. He's sick of he goes and hangs out with He spider. kills his brother. Yeah. Fuck yeah. He's jealous of Spider's dad. He hates his dad. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, I like what they did with that. I like that it, it was more of just like a driving force for the story that they wanted to tell. And then we got, you know, we got some badass action out of it. Uh, we got a sacrifice. Dead older son. Yeah. Um, Typically on these, when I don't know the name of characters, I can look at the IMDb cast and be like, oh, it was this character based on the person. They don't look anything like their real selves, and the names all sound familiar, like, yeah, fucked up. I have no idea who was who. Are they wearing blue makeup for this, or are they all CGI? Are they only doing voice voice work? Oh, brother. I think it's are all CGI. Are they wearing mocap? It's got to be mocap CGI. Probably not wrong, but their faces don't, e- don't even look like it, I feel like. No, they mm-hmm. do. They look similar enough. I feel like Zoe Saldana looked nothing like Zoe Saldana in this, but they do a good job with her. But like Sam Worthington for sure, the villain Stephen Lang for sure. Um, there's a couple people where you're like, oh, that's that guy. Riley made a good point though about the cast. T- t- speaking about colonization, that you're kind of telling this anti-colonization story, and it's almost like you're you're also diving into like. You know, I don't know about the first one with the Navi are supposed to like represent culturally, but you know, with the the island people, they're they're very much like um, islander, like Pacific Islanders. You know, like just the way they're kind of um, represented in the cultures and everything yeah. is very similar for sure. But then they have a bunch of white people voicing them, most like not <laughs> not all, but like like Signor, uh, Riley's brought up uh, Signor, Sig, Sigourney Weaver, however the hell you say her name, Sigourney Weaver, old white lady who voices you know the middle daughter. Or the oldest daughter. And it's just kind of like... I'm going to hold off on, on my comments on her. Okay. Okay. It was it a good point weird. by Riley. It is. I will say for like the Islander people, like the the main dad dude, um, not white. The main mom dude, not white. All the kids, uh, different ethnicities from Maybe the Islanders. Maybe Riley was just wrong. The family, that, the family itself. Um, I loved that someone tweeted that Sam Worthington is a white guy. With dreads like a black man who is painted blue and speaking Native American language in this. That's pretty sick. <laughs> he just got like everything he could thrown into that. <laughs> um, the family itself, pretty white. Yeah. Everyone but was, I mean, I feel like it, it's, okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting topic, and it's whether or not they're actually trying to do these cultures. I don't know. Um, jumping into visual cinematography, Ty. Do we even need to talk about it's this? It's 20s. It's the 20s. <laughs> it's fucking, what else is it going to be? It looks incredible. I'll be honest. Like, there was, like, early on in the film, like, the, the floating rocks and everything, like, it looked good. But I was kind of like, all right, is this really what, like, why is it getting hyped up a lot? Like, and then we got to, like, did all the water and stuff, and I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like, I get this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. We've got there. Yeah, it's it all looks incredible. There, I, I wowed maybe three times. Yeah. You know I'm an out loud Oh, you're a very vocal watcher. <laughs> I, I wowed. But not in a disrespectful way. <laughs> I, I, there was some wows, like some sunset scenes. It yeah. brought me back to, uh, to, uh, Pandora, the ride, which I have my dad's, uh, ride review for Pandora <laughs> for the podcast. I'll give that to you at the end of the movie. So, I review. was telling people about it the other day <laughs> about my dad's ride review, about how I was going to get your dad's ride review on this episode of the pod. <laughs> um, it brought me back. It brought me back to the ride. And I was like, am I about to start crying again? Cause Fuck the first yeah. time I rode that ride, I, almost, I was tearing up. Audible wows. Audible wows. Definitely. Fuck I want to yeah. see this in 3d. I hate 3d movies. I'm, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> 3D IMAX? 3D IMAX. Should we go, Jay? Uh, they give me such headaches. Yeah, I got bad eyes. So <laughs> I was reading I'm also about it. avatars. Like, they were the movie that made 3D popular pretty oh, yeah. much. And 3D TVs. Like, yep. Million percent. I think that's why the first one was so popular, was yep. the 3D. It was how good it looked and how immersive it was with how... It made 3D. 3D, and you felt like you were fucking in it. wasn't just it. cheap jokes where they throw something at the screen exactly, yeah. twice the movie. Yeah. Um, which is every other 3D movie. No, it looked great. CGI flawless, the set pieces, the immersion, um, just everything. It's incredible. Yeah. It looks so fucking good. Yeah. All of it. The, the, the it happens when cast, you have like a $400 budget. The f- million. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. 350 to 460 is the budget. Like, the forest scenes and everything looked incredible. The floating islands that you mentioned and, like, the waterfalls and shit there looked incredible. And then you get to the underwater, and, like, the scene where he gets attacked by that fucking underwater shark and he's, like, fucking swimming through yeah. the coral and everything. It looks so fucking good. Yeah. It all looks incredible. Nothing felt tacky. Nothing felt out of place. Even the fucking spider character who's, like, not CGI mocap like everyone else that they had to, like, digitally put in this film. And, like, into these scenes with these other things. Look, just that fucking, like, you couldn't even tell. Yeah. It was wonderful. Easy 20. Easy. It reminded me of, like, Dune, but maybe better. Dune's, Dune, I, I give it credit for its scale. Yeah. It made you feel small looking at some of the sets and yeah. everything with Dune. This is more just like, wow. This is Toy Story um, Toy Story 4 rain scene? Yeah, but just in a full <laughs> three-hour film. I saw some... Oh, we'll talk about it in the other review we're recording oh. um, later tonight. Um, I just almost spoiled that podcast. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I, while I was watching this film and like being immersed in everything, I was like thinking, I'm like, how are they going to make this a ride? They got to make this a ride, right? Oh, for sure. Because they already have... They have like a Navi. They have the, the big ride, but then they have like a Navi river journey, which is just like... You go on – it's like a little boat ride, like Small World, but it's like the Navi Forest. But you can tell they didn't have much room because the ride's really short. Mm. They should just scrap that and, I don't know, put me underwater. What do you think the legality behind, like, putting people underwater on a roller coaster but with, like, oxygen and goggles are? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a way they can pull well, that off, Well, you have off, the submarine right? ride at Disneyland, so. That's very different. You're staying dry. I'm talking about fully <laughs> submerged in water. Not a submarine. You have oxygen to breathe. 
I don't know. Because I think James Cameron <laughs> would be the wild motherfucker. He'd, like, show up at the park to help them figure this out <laughs> so you can feel the way of water. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a 20. Um, and then I jump over to Key Elements, <laughs> and the visuals is very much a Key Element. It's like he's selling this movie on it being a grandeur blockbuster that you have to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, the action was good. You know, obviously that goes with the visuals and the cinematography. The The family dynamics were good. Again, I, I just maybe a little bit more meat on the bone with the story. And I the motion, for some reason, I don't know if it's the I was too blown away by the set pieces. <laughs> but the emotion didn't hit there for me, which it usually does, especially with these family dynamics. You like, didn't care that the sun died? I wasn't that emotional. Like, it, I felt the heaviness of the scene, but I don't know. Like, all in all, I mean, I still gave it an 18. I gave it an 18 out of 20 time. I'm I'm right there with you. And the exact same reasons. I didn't really give a shit that the sun died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I get it, and it worked fine, and I was fine with it. But it's it was fine. Uh, <laughs> the ending scene, like there was levity to it, but that really, like I didn't expect everyone to die. Mm-hmm. Like they're fixing it. They made everything happen. Someone did die. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Um, with them having five movies planned, but it's it's <laughs> it's visuals. It's yeah. That's they made this to be this breathtaking, you know, experience back into this world. Did a great job of that. The the connection for the most part works. The action works. I think I can give you know a couple more points for action and or emotion, and you're right there at a fucking twenty. But yeah, it's a lot of the visuals and and how well they made this movie, and you feel like you this is a real fucking place. It's incredible. Yeah. That's why people got suicidal, because they could never live on this planet. Is that true? Oh, lots of people killed themselves after the first movie out of depression. Are you sure that's a real thing, not like a a folklore? Yep. Many, many dead people. Post-Avatar depression syndrome. Yeah. You on WebMD? The Guardian. (laughs) WebMD. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, a lot of people just super, super depressed that they couldn't actually experience life on this planet and nothing that beautiful would ever actually exist. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Characters, Ty. I said it was very much um, tied to the plot slash story, so I just gave it the exact same score. What'd you give it? 14. 14. Um, I thought the family dynamics in this were great. They didn't feel forced. Um, the Again, the antagonist, I wasn't a huge fan of, but... Just because he felt very, like, just generic military army guy. And they showed some some emotional things at the end, and maybe there is a bigger story to be told with him. But as far as the, the, the family dynamic, you know, for the most part, I liked it. And I really liked, like, again, what they did with the middle son and, like, kind of thinking about it after. And it's one of those things where, like, I didn't really notice it while watching the movie. It was when thinking about it afterwards. But 
like we already mentioned, how he's kind of the main, the main, you know, uh, fucking person. What the hell is the? What am I trying to say? Main character. The main character, um, because <laughs> it starts with him. I mean, it starts I with. Can you just repeat what category we're in? Characters. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, it starts with like a little bit of backstory and narr- narration, but like the first actual scene in present day, one year later, is them doing that train robbery, and the middle son, I believe, was the one that wanted to jump in the pile and everything, and you know he instantly gets in trouble, and then you, you see things throughout the film, and he he lies, he, you know, his brother stands up for him, they get in a fight, but then he lies so the other kids don't get in trouble, and he says he knows what it's like to be a disappointment, and he's the only one that goes with this this rogue uh, whale thing. Um, and you know, his father is always disciplining him and, you know, there's, you feel that resentment when the bigger brother first dies, like the father's mad at him and then the middle son finally saves him. And then there's that final end at the, there was a line earlier in the movie about being seen. Like, I think the, the girl, um, of the ocean tribe said something about being seen or whatever it was like, I see you. And then at the end, the dad says like, I see you son or whatever. And it's just this whole kind of, and they might be setting it up for him to turn. I don't know, but it was this whole kind of the son. Yeah, I don't know. You never know no. with these movies. That'd be a what, plot twist. James Cameron did say you got to do the unexpected. Yeah. Um, and just that whole kind of you see it and it all makes sense when you put the pe- the pieces together at the end. But you don't necessarily need to pe- put all those pieces together to uh, enjoy the movie. But it's very intentional what they were trying to do with him and showing intent with characters and character arcs and stuff, I think, is great. And that gives it, you know, points. Not all the other characters have that. Like Jake Soley's just kind of yeah. he's just there in this dad. film. Mom is just protecting mom. Yep. Like they're setting stuff up for the one, the older daughter, you know. But who knows? That's yep. not told yet. The younger daughter is just a baby, you know. So it's not all the way there. You have those family dynamics, but I like that with the middle son. Anyways, all that to say, fourteen. No, yeah, I, I'm with you. I give it one point higher. I'm out of fifteen. Um, the villain is just he's the villain again. I think yeah. he was used for an overarching idea. Doesn't mean I'm going to give you credit for a very generic villain. Yeah, um, Jake and, and the mom, like you said, very generic. Just in this film, obviously they're like, "Oh my god, my kids!" But like, <laughs> that's not like character, right? Like everyone's gonna be like that. It's not unique or anything. You in four months? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, singular, not plural. Kid. Yes. Don't put twins on mine. <laughs> I think Surprise it's a little late second. for that. I think it is too. I've seen the scans. I, I'm still scared. <laughs> um, oh, it was hiding. <laughs> <laughs> I so I I you know. I think they did that fine. I think what they did really good was setting up that next generation that's obviously going to lead the franchise and the kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that Sigourney Weaver plays a teenage girl is fucking ridiculous. Especially when you want to make six movies and Sigourney Weaver's like 72. She's almost fucking 80. Oh, she's older than I thought. I don't... She's in her 70s. Let me confirm this, actually. It's kind of like when Marvel casted a a guy older than the guy who just died for a new role. Yeah. Yeah. She's 73. She's 73 years old, and that's probably why they had to film all these movies back-to-back. Her character's probably dead by five, and they just knew they only had to get four out of the way, and then she can go on about her life. And Are we anti-ageist? Yes. Or are we just ageist? Yeah. No, I am. They, we need to make, like, a movie, how they have, like, the Expendables, where it's, like, the old action stars. They should do, like, an even older version of that with, like, Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, Sigourney Weaver. It's the Expendables parents. Yeah. It's Daddy's Home Expendables <laughs> version. I want that movie though. Okay. I don't know what the plot is. Maybe they're detectives or something. I don't know. Someone and I want us to review it. Stealing the pudding out of the fucking fridge at the nursing home. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just so fucking like. If I wouldn't have known, it probably wouldn't have taken me out of the film. I she didn't just know. she just doesn't sound like a teenager throughout this. If you're paying attention to it, like 
I she know, sounds so. like a fucking 70-year-old woman pretending to be a teenager, and I hated every second of it, and it's so ridiculous. I don't give a fuck if she played the mom and the daughter's supposed to look like her, and she still wanted to be oh, is a that part why? of this. It's, she's the mom, and oh. that's her, like, however she had a daughter mystery. That's the, the daughter, and it's an adopted daughter. Got it. Got it. I don't give a fuck if she, like, make her a producer so she can still hang out on set with you guys and do flashbacks. Don't cast her as a fucking teenager. It's so stupid. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad voice acting by her. I'll say it. I hated it. Um, with that being said, I kind of liked the character. <laughs> I, I just didn't like that it was an old lady playing a teenager. Um, kind of liked that character. Liked the family dynamic. Villain was whatever. Spider's interesting to me. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I feel like yeah. he could be a bad guy. He could be a good guy. They aged him a lot. That was one part of the film. Like, I well. I don't know. Okay, because they did the whole narration where they showed Spider and he was like a five-year-old boy or whatever. And then they mm-hmm. did one year later and all of a sudden he looks like he's 15. I didn't know if when they showed him when he was five, it was supposed to be 10 years ago. Like, No, he was already grown by the time they did the one year later. After it, I thought before that he was only like five or something or eight. I don't know. No. I don't remember. When was the one year later at in this movie? After they landed on Pandora and they burned all the forest and... Remember they were like on oh, a date it was like, night. Oh, the moon people are back. Yeah, the star, star, star people, sky yeah. people, sky people. I believe. And then it was one year later, and then they had to go on the run because they. That's why the train there's already like yeah. at war with the sky people being back. Yeah. Got it. Also, another thing, like they set up this whole thing about how they were now. No, no. You good? He was. He was five when the first attack happened. They just didn't show him again, or I don't think. Le- maybe less than five. Okay, that but makes But it was sense. like ten years until they returned, and then one year later after they returned. Got it. He's like 15, 16 in this probably. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also, like, they made it a very big point in the beginning when they did the whole, like, oh, you're an avatar now. You know, we uploaded your consciousness, whatever, to these bodies, blah, 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 and how they have the superhuman strength and speed and all this stuff. But I feel like that didn't really play out much in the film. Like, I still feel like outside of the main antagonist, they all died pretty easily. Like all the like little henchmen and everything. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like they could have just been humans and it probably would have been the same. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Like in the first one, I feel like they were a lot more tribal about it, like bows and arrows and staffs and against like the modernized weapons. But I, I feel like it was like, there was still bows and arrows and shit, but like, it was like hand-to-hand combat where they needed to be maybe yeah. just to like ride the birds. That was kind of it. Yeah. You didn't see the first one. The hair hair things makes like connections. I, I got the gist because they did it multiple times. Emotionally, physically. Yeah, you link up to the Banshee on, on the Banshee ride. Oh, yeah. So you had you a, don't do hair. They should add that, though. Yeah. They should give you a little clip on ponytail and you just. That would be pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> you just grab it and then it says it transfers your data and then you start feeling a breeze. It's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. I can't wait for the ride review. <laughs> I'm <like> very excited. <laughs> um, 14, you got anything else about characters? No, it was fine. <laughs> I think it's going to be better in the next next one. I think it's this like is Doom where they can improve. review the whole thing. Yeah. I'm going to review the Avatar franchise. Bingo. Enjoyment. Now, this is hard. I feel like this is a little too low, but I just can't go higher. And I did bump this up in the in the course of talking about this film, which is has happened before with enjoyment. It felt long to me, and if I was gr- grading this on the last hour, it was it would get a much higher score. I thought that that final fight scene, even though like I feel like the ocean people were like 
very much a prominent part of the fight. And then they kind of just went away. Like, why wasn't the tribal leader of the ocean people, like, part of that final battle? Like, where did he go? Hmm. I just thought about that right now. I think they, they did what they needed to do, and then they are like, you guys handle your business. I'm going to take care of mine. <laughs> like, at the oh. end of the day, this is your fault, so go finish Okay, it. this movie, I could have got 30 seconds where the tribal chief said, like, we need to recoup back, blah, blah, blah. And Jake's only like, you guys go back. I no, got this. they had time to do that, and they chose not to, and you're right. That's a fair <laughs> criticism. Um, but if I was grading just the climax, I'd get a much higher score. But, like, when I think about rewatchability and, like, in the theaters – it drug a little bit for me. As much as I know everything was intentional and I appreciate it, I gave it credit for the other categories, it doesn't change the fact that I was looking at my phone like, fuck, it's already 1030. I still have 45 more minutes of this. Yeah. Um, seeing this at 8 o'clock doesn't help, obviously. Nope, not one bit. I gave it a 13, and I feel bad because I appreciate wow. I, I appreciate the art and I enjoyed the final hour of it, but like, I don't know if I could rewatch this because will I watch the future movies? Yes. I just don't have the palate for a long movie like this, you know? Yeah. I get it. I, you're just not, you know, some people are into cinema and can watch longer things, <laughs> you know, adult type films where you got to keep your attention. Some people, you know, just like slop that's thrown in front of them. I get it, Jay. I gave it a 13. <laughs> I thought you were going to be the one braiding this movie. When I said we would disagree, I thought yeah. you were going to come in with like a 50. No, I'm pretty sure I'm finishing with a higher score than you oh, overall 100%. now. Um, I'm much higher than you on enjoyment. I, I didn't have Much. an issue. I didn't have an issue with the the length of it. I'm more of a common man. I'm a common <laughs> moviegoer. I didn't have an issue with the length of it. I didn't uh, have any problems with that. I really really enjoyed visually everything that this movie did. I liked the different points of it. This movie's very long, but I feel like it's you don't have to watch it in one sitting. You just sit down, throw it on. There's a couple of different plot points and everything that get it. You know explored and it's g paced very well for how long of a movie it, it is. is paced well um which is is hard to do when you have this much movie to pace mm -hmm. i had a 17 wow i'm four <laughs> points higher than you i really liked this film i've been recommending it to everyone i said it's very good it's long but it looks great i kind of have a flawed way of thinking about enjoyment okay i'll be honest like i think about recommending movies and i always think about would i recommend this to my dad mm-hmm because my dad always asks for movie recs. Like, at once a week, he's like, hey, any movies I should watch? And, like, usually the answer to that question will bump it a point or two. And the answer to this is probably no. Like, yeah. when it's out in DVD, I'll tell him, like, or well, not DVD anymore. Who the fuck buys those? <laughs> but, like, when it's out, I'll probably tell him, like, you guys should probably watch it. You might need to watch it in three sittings. You mm -hmm. might need to break, treat it like it's a, break a it series up like, on Disney+. Plus. Break it up like time links for them. Like, all right, watch episode one like this. Do you want to commit to episode two? It's another 35 minutes. Honestly, little brain, if they split that up on Disney+, Plus, I don't know if it'll be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. If they split it up into part one, part two, part three with different – I don't want it all in one where it has title cards. I want different things I click. Yeah. My brain, I'd be like, oh, easy. Yeah. Way so easier to watch. Power through that series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So easy. <laughs> That's how stupid you my brain is. the fuck out of that movie. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I think of, like, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I'm sure our enjoyment scores on that on that probably differed by similar points. Um, and that was another one where I appreciated the art and everything, but the length of it just got to me, you know, so. Yeah, I get it. I do get it. I just didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> it was fine for me. I, I'm recommending to everyone with the, the caveat that it is a very long film. And for me, I didn't feel that length, but... If you're not, like, a really big movie person, probably wait for this to come out at home. That doesn't change that I don't think it's a good movie to watch. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people – I think a lot of people will enjoy this film, and I think, holy shit, it looks beautiful. Yeah. 
I must have started my scale right after Justice League. Yeah, I don't have it on here either. Godzilla vs. Kong is my first one. Thunder Force is on mine. I don't really know. That's my number two. Oh, no, I have it at the top. uh, I kind of fucked it up. It's not chronological. It was sorted by enjoyment like (laughs) 30 reviews ago. And then the rest are just scattered. Yeah, I, I created a new 2022 sheet. So now I have all our 2022 movies. I deleted the old ones we reviewed. Um, so we reviewed 42 movies this year that came out this year, um, or at least recently. Um, a 13 gives me a final score of I laughed before the film, but my, my enjoyment went up one. So I'm no longer with the people because I was uh, at a 78, which is what the the Rotten Tomato score is. The common man. Um, well, actually, the critics. I'm, I wasn't oh. I'm not with the critics anymore. I'm now at a 79. I'm above the critics. Closer to the common man. Just below above the line for me. It's definitely within the lines, but I don't know if I put it above the line. Yeah, we, we differed. But as um, a team, we're putting it above the line. So We are because I finished with an 86 out of 100. Wow. One of the higher scores I've given. In I'm shocked. Quite a I, while. This is one of my most shocking Tyler reviews. I thought you were going to come into this being like, Visuals great, Kielman's great. I was bored as hell. The rest of it. Nope. Nope. Proud of you. I don't know. Had a good time with it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. We finished with a. I lost it. I lost it. Found it. Eighty-two and a half out of a hundred, putting it at forty-six out of officially a hundred and sixty movies reviewed. Um, it's right around the likes of. Let me just pull back here. <laughs> Eternals. You're welcome. Uh, Uncut Gems, In the Heights, Her, Pulp Fiction. They're all, they're all right around there. Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Look, man. This is a good movie. I don't see Justice League on here anywhere. Are you looking for Justice League or are you looking for Zack Snyder? Zack Snyder's. We didn't do regular Justice, Justice League. League. 92 out of uh, 180 films. We've, 160 films. Uh, 68. I, I gave it a 76, you gave it a 60. Okay, so 16-point difference, whereas this we had, what, 13-point difference? No. Seven. Oh, seven. <laughs> Not that big. What am I saying? <laughs> um, and where's this rank? Sorry, Ty. I, was, I didn't hear you when I was looking for it. <clears throat> this movie, you don't have to go through the whole thing. The audience heard it. I just want to know. <laughs> ranks 46 out of 160 films okay. reviewed. Right next, oh, same with Eternals. <laughs> I said that. Yep. <laughs> I know. I heard you say that part. <laughs> um, I had something else I wanted to say about it before we jump into Random Rotten Tomato movie review. Oh, I was thinking. This is what I had to say. I was looking back on my scale, and I'm actually uh, – I don't know – well, I've actually never done this before, so I, I was going to say I don't know if you do this, but I've never done it, so I can't say, like, I, this is the way I live. But I'm, like, going to write down goals for 2023 and, like, put them up on my wall and, like, look at them every day. Yeah. And um, some goals including uh, I want to be plus 5,000 in poker at the end of the year. I'm shooting for the moon, baby. I don't know if that will actually happen, but I'm shooting for the moon. I love it. Um, you can't get there unless you try to get there. I want to break 80 in golf. I keep telling people uh, 2023 is the year that I take golf serious, and I practice like three times a week. I think you'll be getting like into the low, low 90s, and then we'll go golfing, and you'll like shoot like a 98. Um, oh, well, I, can, I broke a 90. I broke a 90. I just broke a 90 the other day. What do you I mean? want to break 80. I want to get into the 70s. Oh, got it. Yeah, my best yeah, ever. Yeah, 90s high. <laughs> my best ever is like an 82, so I've gotten close. Yeah. Um, another goal is uh, grow the podcast. Uh, hopefully we could do some stuff there. Yep. Um, I had other goals. Oh, but one of them that I want to now establish is I want to be more accountable with uh, my movie review, like my scores. Okay. And not just give Marvel like points because it's Marvel. Because I was looking back and like Love and Thunder's not an 83. I'm mm. sorry. And I, I'm the one that gave it an 83. 
I'm too high at an 80. Um, the, the, the Doctor Strange isn't in a whatever I gave it. Like, I'm giving these Marvel movies. Now, part of it is the enjoyment, and I just enjoy Marvel movies, and that's our scale. But, like, I watched a really good video the other day about why how the dialogue in Thor sucks, and they gave a bunch of examples. Like, they're right. The they're dialogue right. in that movie was pretty bad. They're very right. So I, I just – moving forward. Wakanda Forever I gave uh, an 87. I think that was fitting. That one I'm not upset with. But I'm going to be better with uh, Marvel movies. I respect that. I like your accountability there. And just overall. Like, I almost want to bump Thor down, but I'm not – and that's what I was actually going to talk to you about is should I make a retroactive bump or should I just leave it? I've done it. Well, I'm going to do it, Ty. I did it for Birds of Prey. I uh, Yeah, because you gave it like a 90 or something. Um, Love and Thunder currently has an 83, and I'm not going to read. I'm not going to redo all the categories. I didn't give it high for plot slash story. Um, I still stick by the visuals. Okay, I thought it was good visuals. Characters is not a 16. It's not even close to a 16. That's very high. Yeah, it's a 12. Four points. Four point deduction. I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to do that. I could. What's your enjoyment at? It's an 18. It probably should be like a 16, but I'm gonna leave it at 18. If you're gonna make a retroactive adjustment, fucking do it right. Okay, but the thing is, I haven't rewatched it, so I might rewatch it and still enjoy it in eighteen. I do think upon rewatching, if we rewatch a movie, um, we have full creative liberty to redo a scale and adjust the whole scale, whatever we got to do. After rewatching, if we feel like we go and check our scores, it's got to be egregious though, not like one point, like not like one point. That feels almost more disingenuous. <laughs> but if you're nitpicking between like a fifteen and a fourteen. Then it's really not that big of a difference. But if you watch it and your first thought is, I need to change this, then yes. So I'm going to bump the enjoyment down as well. So we have Thor Love and Thunders down to a 77 if you want to adjust accordingly on the scale. I'm going to wait until I rewatch. Well, I'm going to change my score right now. I'm just saying. Oh, just personally. Yeah. You're making me do the work here. I already did it. So now it's down to a 78.5. So you got two movie reviews and one right there. Um, Random Rotten Tomato movie uh, (laughs) review tie, not score. You already nailed this. Um, I wanted yeah. to give you two hints for this, but I feel like if I give you two hints, I'm pigeonholing you into like four movies. <laughs> like, okay. I feel like there's not that many. Like the field very much yes. narrows. And there's one hint I could give you that doesn't narrow it at all. Like you're going to have hundreds of movies to choose from. And then there's another hint I can give you that narrows it to probably like a dozen movies. Okay. But I don't know how many you can think of. So I'll give you the one that narrows it more because you need all the help you can get. I do. I've never even come close. The hint is it has a prominent blue character. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And that might narrow it down. Now, this is a this is a banger review from uh, Harry Gearin from RTE Ireland. Okay. This is a fresh review. Okay. Original score, 4.5 out of 5. That's very high. Time to clear some shelf space. <laughs> <laughs> from the top. Time to clear some shelf space besides The Godfather, beside The Godfather Part 2, the Empire Strikes Back, and Aliens. This will be watched just as often. God damn. <laughs> That's a review if I've ever heard a review. <laughs> I can't possibly think that a movie with a blue character in it gets a spot next to those. That's what makes it so good. <laughs> now, did you just, like, balls of steel do Avatar 1? I will tell you it's not Avatar 1. I would not. That would be incredible if you're just like, fucking do it. Guess it. <laughs> You're just like daring me to. It's not Avatar one. Um, I uh, using context clues. You were talking about Zack Snyder's, uh, Snyder's Justice League a lot in this. I did. I I'm did thinking Zack Snyder's Watchmen, 
Okay. Um, which has a blue, very prominent blue superhero in it. Okay. Naked throughout most. You get a giant, like, skysca- uh, skyscraper-sized blue penis. Yes, so I've heard. So I've heard. Um, how'd you hear that, Jay? Did you see it in some of the other reviews for this movie? Um, I remember your father talking about it a lot. <laughs> okay. It's the kind of guy your dad is. <laughs> Outside of that, if we're in a safe space here, I can't fucking think of another blue person to save my life in a film. Really? My mind went straight to that, and I'm drawing complete blanks on Avatar and Dr. Manhattan um, as a blue character. I'm thinking, like, Star Wars always has blue people in it. Mm -hmm. That's something that maybe could have made the the cut for that. Can I get the list of movies that's on the shelf again, please? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, let me go back. Um, The Godfather Part Two, The Empire Strikes Back, and Aliens. You actually kind of get some context clues there. I it actually gives you some context sequels. clues. They're all sequels. Incredible sequels. Is this Avatar Two? No, no, no. <laughs> that was. Now that you're on it, that was oh. the other hint I was giving. Going to give you is that it's a sequel with a blue character. Fuck. Um, but they did it for me. Sequel with a blue character. Four and a half. Out of five, there's someone at home listening right now, furious, because <laughs> those context clues have given it away. There's a few options now, but you don't have many. You don't have many. Another blue character that doesn't fit into this now, I'm surprised you didn't think of right away, was Megamind. Um, Wonderful. You didn't think of that. Yeah, doesn't original, have original yeah. film. Yeah. Now I'm stuck on, like, not Elmo, but isn't there, like, a blue person <laughs> in Elmo? <laughs> the Cookie Monster? Yeah! That's who's blue. <laughs> The Cookie Monster. <laughs> the cookie. <laughs> I. Oh fuck, Ty, you're fucking funny. I don't know. I can't think of blue characters. Are you a resigning sequel? without a guess? Is there like a blue vampire in one of the Twilight sequels? Can't tell you. I've never seen Twilight. Are you positive I've seen this film? Um, I would. Yeah. Maybe not a hundred percent sure, but I'm about ninety-five. No, you have. You definitely have. This is tough, man. Superhero film? I'm not fucking giving you more hints. <laughs> I was trying. You've already got two hints. I, I Watchmen. I can't think of any other blue characters. Now, before before you answer, I'm going to look up blue people I in just, movies. I just did that same Google I need search. a list so I can go through here. On X2. J- on Jablo? It's X2. It's got to be X2. Very blue character. Prominent sequel. Very good movie. Um, Dr. Manhattan, no, he's not blue enough. He's not blue enough. Monsters University. Mm-hmm. That's an option. Um, Not very good. Finding Dory, no fucking chance he puts that. Gonzo the Great, I think that was another one of the blue puppets I was thinking of. <laughs> Aladdin, the remake, maybe. The fifth element, is there like a sixth element? I don't know. It's got to be X2, final guess, but it doesn't count. Finding Dory. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. He literally said there's no way. What a ridiculous. Is right up there with The Godfather Part 2, The Empire Strikes Back, and Aliens. <laughs> I thought the whole point of a review was to give me some sort of context clues here. You got some good ones. You got that it was sequels. A blue fucking character. 94 on Ron Tomatoes. Put some respect on Finding Dory's name. I rank it above the original in our... And you're wrong list. in doing so. I just You know that. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't think of, like, cars. I'm sure there's a blue car in Cars, too. It's the girl. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's the girl car. Uh, Finding Dory. There's something that was, like, the live-action cast of Cars. 
and it was like Lightning McQueen, and then it was just like a red car, and then it was like the the girl, and it was just like a blue car, and then it got to to Tow Mater, and it was Larry the Cable Guy, <laughs> and it had me fucking dying, dude. Do you know that's not his real voice, like his Larry the Cable Guy voice? Yeah, he's like an educated man. Yeah, that blew me away. He just I like talks normal. About it. Yeah, it's just a bit. What do we got next week, Ty? Next week on the docket, Jay, we got a banger. Knives Out. Uh, I'm trying to find the actual name. Glass, Glass Onion. Onion. The mm-hmm. sequel to the 2018 film? The 20, no, 2019, I think. 20, 2019 film? <laughs> Knives Out. Um, Incredible reviews so far. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I have people ranking it um, that I follow on Twitter above the original. Which, wow. the original was one of my favorite movies of very... Very crowded 2019 um, with a lot of good films that year. Yeah, 2019 was a good movie year. And it was one of my favorites. And people are calling this just as good, if not better, which is incredible. That's so hard to do for a franchise. It is. Uh, I can't wait. I'm very excited for this film. It's been out for a while, if you could see it in select theaters. Uh, Finally hitting Netflix Christmas Day, wide release. Figured it'd be easier to review it there. Uh, So we waited, and I can't wait now. I'm excited, Ty. It should be fun. Um, that's all I got, Jay. You got anything else? I got nothing else for you, brother. Go watch Glass Onion on Christmas. And have a good Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. And happy holidays for those who don't celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah. Whatever you celebrate. Fuck you don't the, celebrate anything. Fuck the New York Post? Daily Press? Who did that? Daily Press. Swastika. Yeah, I know. Is our. I know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You see? No. Oh, oh dude, first day of Hanukkah, word? they request the fucking Han, uh, uh, swastika yeah, That was crossword. not intentional. I mean, how do you fuck that up on the first day of Hanukkah with something such a unique shape as a swastika? On the first day of Hanukkah? It was the New York Times. With anti-Semitism going all over the fucking it's news true. and shit with Kanye? It's very true. It's a problem. Ah, someone got that by. Fuck them. Who was it? I think it was the New York Times. I think. As a journalist, Jay, I understand if you don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the New York Times. Merry, happy holidays to everyone. Uh, yes. Not not a new year because we're going to have another review before then. Yes, we will. So I'll tell you then. Yes, you will. Oh, I almost forgot. Last thing. Oh, my God, you. Jay. Give the me your dad's review. fucking ride review. <clears throat> Flight of Passage. And I quote. This is the, this not, this is, the review says, and I quote. This oh, is not so me saying, he and I said, quote. and I quote. He was quoting himself. <laughs> and I quote. And I quote. <laughs> It, he doesn't know how to use and I quote. I just realized. He, so he said, he said, and I quote, and then he explains his quote. He says, and I quote, it references the night at the Roxbury. So he, he explained his quote after saying, and I quote, okay, a very good. Uh, <laughs> this is a fucking. This is a trip. I can't. I don't understand it. I'm just going to read it for what it says. Give me it verbatim. And I quote, it references the night at Rock at the Roxbury. A ve- <laughs> and then he explains what the night at the Roxbury is. A very good OG Will Ferrell movie. Oh my God. <laughs> they bring the street to the nightclub and the nightclub to the streets. That's how I felt in Pandora the Ride. The tech was fantastic. My avatar gave good vibrations. And my banshee gave me good inner thigh breathing. The ride does get a deuce deuce. Thanks you, thank you, James Cameron. <laughs> you think Papa James? <laughs> I just love how he said, 
and I quote, and then explains where she got the quote from, and then explains what the movie is, and then gives us the quote. That's incredible. Now, was this like you were doing an interview and you recorded and typed out what he said, or did he send that as a message? Uh, it was like I was typing as he was saying it. So, so it was like an interview <laughs> yes. where he said, and I quote, and let me just explain what I'm quoting, and what that reference is is blank, and then gives you not a quote, just the first time he stated something. I fucking love your dad. He's the best. I got a deuce deuce. 22 out of 22. So that's all I got for you, Ty. Incredible. Uh, go watch Knives Out. Um, I'm I'm blown away. But that was everything I would hope it would be. <laughs> In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.